That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Uh, boy, you are sloppy on that nunchuck. What Sorry. is wrong with you? What are you doing over there? Terrible. Yeah, you're I'm terrible. Just terrible. You are you are terrible today. I'm almost tempted to make you start it again. That was so bad. It's terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Everyone's entitled to a mulligan, right? Even you get one, Numchuck. All right, another NBA head coaching vacancy has arisen this morning. That was Doc Rivers, fired by the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I know that there are a lot of people that thought this could be coming, but really, why? Well, I'll tell you why, because this is our society. They love change, and someone... You know, a team, you know, gets blown out in a game seven or underperforms as they think they may have or may not have. Oh yeah, it's, it's due for a firing, especially when you get a star player that uh, is kind of non-committal, doesn't give the head coach an endorsement. Because as we know, we are at the stage now where we have star player versus coach and who usually wins in that predicament? The star player. Well, that's the case here in Philadelphia. Doc Rivers fired today after three seasons in charge of the 76ers. All disappointments, according to Philadelphia 76er management, I guess, and fans as well, too. So the big question here is, did he deserve to be fired? Let's examine the situation. And I'll probably say no, that he didn't. Let's look at the Sixers' record this year, right? 54-28. and Pretty good record. Went to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Took Boston, who was favored to win it all, to a seventh and deciding game. Looked awful in that seventh and deciding game. Had a chance to close them out in game six. Fell apart in the last four minutes. Okay, I get all that. All right? But as Doc Rivers said in the post-game press conference in game seven, after game seven, he says, you know, not a lot of people expected us to be here. Well, that's true, too. He's fighting for his job. Of course he is. All right, 54 and 28 this year. 51 and 31 last year. Go back to the 2020 slash 2021 season. They were 49 23. Didn't they improve each season? You went from 49 wins to 51 wins the following year to 54 wins, and you took Boston to game seven, which you didn't have home court advantage in. Didn't they improve each season? That's not good enough. Hmm. The bottom line is this, with this Sixer franchise, is that you got Joel Embiid and you got James Harden, can be very dysfunctional at times, on and off the court, as we all know, and when you decide to have those guys part of your team on your franchise, you are going to get the good, but you're going to get the bad, especially when you have a game a guy like James Harden, who continues to underperform when it counts most, and I'm going to throw Joel Embiid in that. Because both of these guys underperformed in games six and seven, which put them on vacation. Now, Doc Rivers, right? People are going to point to Doc Rivers and say, well, 
Doc Rivers teams, and I'm going to say that, teams. I'm not going to say Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers teams that he's been the head coach of have lost nine straight games where his team could have clinched a spot in the conference finals. All of that during the past three years, of course, we're talking about, you know, most of that being with the Sixers, before that with the LA Clippers. But here's the dealio. Philadelphia has been a major disappointment. They have not been to a conference final since 2001. Why? Because the franchise is a mess. Plain and simple. The franchise is a mess, and it starts at the top. We've had revolving head coaches, revolving general managers, ownership. I don't think they really have a clue, all right? The draft has been horrendous for the most part. Free agent signings have been horrendous. When you look at the draft and the free agents, they've basically been busts for this team nearly for 20 years. Let's go to Ben Simmons, all right? He's your first pick. Not too far ago, 2016, Ben Simmons, your number one overall pick, which was a joke. Said it then. Said it after. Said it every year. Stinks. What did he show you at LSU? What did he ever do at LSU in his one year there? to garnish the number one overall pick. And you think that that he's going to lead you deep into the postseason, win you a championship? Forget about it. Well, Ben Simmons, gone. He's not part of this franchise anymore. The very next year, 2017, number one pick again. Who you, who you select? Markel Fultz? Gone. Not even in the league anymore. So you've had back-to-back number one picks. Not on your team. Not on your in your franchise. That's absurd to think about, all right? Oh, and by the way, who did the Philadelphia 76ers select? Markel, folks, who'd they pass on? They could have had a guy by the name of Jason Tatum. And probably another half dozen other guys that are still in the league contributing to their teams. But you pick Fultz over Tatum. You have a local product who was fantastic at Villanova. Mikel Bridges, you had the number 10 pick. Is he with your franchise? No. How do you get rid of a guy, a local kid, stellar college career, very good pro career, and you select him 10th overall, and then you disband him as well, too? Should I keep going on? In 2015, you have the number three overall pick, Jaleel Okafor. Gone. Not part of your franchise anymore. How do you have two number ones, a number three, and a number 10 within the last seven, eight seasons, and they're no longer on your roster? That is the Philadelphia 76ers. That is this franchise. This is how bad they are at selecting players out of the draft. All right? Yes, the Sixers team is a mess. Did Doc Rivers really need to go? Well, someone's going to be a scapegoat. But remember I talked about revolving head coaches and general managers? Yeah, Daryl Morey, all right? Who's Daryl Morey have a love fest with? James Harden. That's why James Harden's there. James Harden and Doc Rivers didn't get along, apparently. James Harden has not given him a ringing endorsement. So what is Daryl Morey going to do? He's going to side with his player. So we have six vacancies in the NBA right now. All right, so Houston Rockets looking for a coach. They sent Steven Silas packing a while back. Detroit got rid of Dwayne Casey. Toronto gets rid of Nick Nurse just a couple years after, you know, winning a championship. Milwaukee says goodbye to Mike Budenholzer. 
Phoenix gets rid of Monty Williams. What do all these guys have in common? Except like for Steven Silas. These guys were all like coaches of the year. Win championships, coaches of the year. And now they're unemployed. What is wrong with this? What is wrong with sports? Society in general? What have you done for me lately? One bad year, two bad years, and the coach gets all of the the blame for this? It's insane. Totally insane. Now, you go to this Maury Harden connection, guess whose name is being mentioned? There are several names that are being mentioned in these head coaching vacancies right now. All right? Basically, every name that I just went over is now a candidate to be the Sixers head coach. Monty Williams just fired by Phoenix. Head coaching candidate. We want to talk to him. All right? Budenholzer. Yes, we want to talk with him. Oh, Nick Nurse. Yes, we want to talk with him. Sam Cassell's name has got brought up. Okay. Sam Cassell, former player, been an assistant coach now for, for a while. Maybe it's his term. They want to talk to him. But how about this guy? A guy who is the head coach of the New York Knicks. All right? Mike D'Antoni. Ooh. What? <laughs> What's the uh, common denominator there? Dale Morey. James Harden. Houston Rockets. What have any of those guys ever won? D'Antoni? Harden? Morey? What have they ever won? Absolutely nothing. So Doc Rivers is a scapegoat there for a team that has improved year after year. Yeah, he takes a lot of bullets because of, you know, didn't have success with the Clippers. But who's had success with the Clippers? The Clippers, like the Sixers, but more so the Clippers, have been an organization that has been putrid forever. Impossible to win with some of these franchises. Totally impossible. All right. So now you have six head coaching vacancies. They'll get filled here in the next few weeks, and we will see what happens. But Doc Rivers, kind of a shame today, but more of a shame, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, It's Tuesday, and you know what that means? It's jaw time! Yeah, Jaw Morant. He's really been a star of our terrible Tuesdays recently, right? Well, Jaw's in trouble again. Suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies, suspended by, uh, will be suspended by the NBA. But right now, the Grizzly says, you know, we've had enough. We're going to take this into our own hands here. So Morant was suspended for all team activities after a video showed him holding a gun. And that began circulating on social media Saturday night. And this all came about from a Instagram live session from Jaws Boy, Devontae Pack. Remember Devontae Pack? We've talked about him before. His boy. His partner. Part of his posse. Yeah. Well, it's recently been deleted, but it was on Devontae Pack's account. And it showed Ja Morant flashing a handgun while driving and singing along with a rap song. Now, Nupchuck, do you know what the rap song was? I thought you'd have that all prepared today. I have no idea because yeah. I don't listen to that crap. <laughs> you listen to everything. What are you talking about? Not crap. Yeah. So Jaws rolling around. He's driving with the gun. Who knows? If he's intoxicated or not. But flashing a handgun again. So many incidents, several of these that John Moran has been involved in within the last year or so, right? But this comes just after two months after the NBA suspended him for a similar incident. Remember this? 
We talked about it. Morant left the Grizzlies, entered into a counseling program in March after, guess what? Another viral video surfaced of him doing what? Holding a gun while being intoxicated at a Denver strip club. Remember, the Grizzlies were in Denver getting ready to play the Nuggets, and Jaws out hanging out, flashing a gun, threatening people, hammer-timed in the club. He was eventually suspended eight games after meeting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, who called Morant's conduct irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. Now, the time of Jaws' suspension, remember what Morant said? He goes, yes. I'm going to be more responsible. I'm going to be more smarter. That was his quote, more smarter. Huh? Where, where's that intellect? Where's that more smarter? Is you see what more smarter gets you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't get you a passing grade in English either. All right. And he said he's going to stay away from making further bad decisions. It only took him two months, less than two months, right? Ja was also involved in the several off-the-court incidents over the past year, which we've talked about numerous times. Being sued by a high school basketball player after a fight broke out during a pickup game at Jaw's backyard, where Morant and Pack were alleged to have punched the boy in the head. Why is Pack everywhere he goes? Pack's here. Pack's there. It's his boy. Because Pack's his boy. Oh, you my boy, Blue. Yes, it Blue. Well, Blue, let's punch this fool down. All right, and then after that, let's go over to this house, and we're going to say, we're going to blow up your mama's house, and it's going to look like fireworks on the 4th of July. Remember that? That was the quote. Yeah. So the teenager told police that Morant entered his house after that fight on the basketball court because John, what, threw a ball at his head? Oh, jeez. He came back outside with a gun in his waistband. And Jaw said, what you going to do about this? I'm going to turn your mama's house up in flames like fireworks. Now, of course, I'm you know, paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote there. You can't say the exact quote because I think there was a lot of FTC regulations that were being broken. This is true, my friend. Now, let's go back to your boy Pac. Let's go back to Pac-Man. Pac-Man was banned from attending games at the uh, FedEx Forum in Memphis. You remember this? After a post-game confrontation with the Indiana Pacers traveling party. Yeah, Pac wanted to to get in some of these clowns' face. And Pac was escorted out of the courtside seat after stepping onto the floor during the game to confront Pacers players. Talking trash. You know where this guy should have been? Should have been out playing Miss Pac-Man. Yes. So he should have been at some local pizza place. Not a strip club. Not on a, a court. All right? Not beating down some teenager. Throwing blows at him. And he definitely should not be on a bus. Because remember where they were outside the, the bus after the game? Where Jaw and Pac and his associates. That's what cracks me up. With the posse when they start calling them associates. Associates to what? Are they helping you invest in cryptocurrencies? What what do the associates do? Oh yeah. Yeah, go 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 take care of my my biz. Yeah. So after that game, following an argument between Morant's associates and members of the Pacers traveling party, 
in the arena loading dock, this is when the red laser came out. The red laser was pointed from an SUV in which, guess who was in there? Jaw and Pack. Has he confirmed it was red? Yeah. Because I know some sites are green. Oh, no, we got so, red. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wanted to make sure that we were oh, it's not red. just spitting. Yes. Yeah. Now, would you like to... Uh, would you like to explain to our astute audience the difference between red and green lasers? Green can hurt more, can it? I, like, I, I think you're asking me a question. I have no idea. I don't know. The red difference. laser. I mean, every time I watch, I watch the Equalizer with Denzel. I see, oh, there's the red laser. I see any type of you know movie like that. I'm seeing red laser. That means death, doesn't it? Red, red's death. So green. green means go. Green laser does not mean death, I, or, or does not mean go. I, like go, let's go get it. I don't know, man. This guy is a problem. He's always been a problem. This guy has bad dependencies, John Morant. You know that? You know what his dependencies are? His dependency is for guns. He likes guns. He likes to brandish guns. He likes to take guns in strip clubs. He likes to take guns in cars. He wants to take guns everywhere. He wants to take guns to his neighbor's house and threaten people. He's got a dependency on going to strip clubs. He's got a dependency for hanging out with thugs. Plain and simple. This guy can't leave his boys behind. Can't leave him behind. Oh, come on. You can do that so much better. Come on. Come on, Flava Flav. Boy! That was better, wasn't it? I'll give you a seven on that one. I like Flavor Flav. He can say all he wants to the commissioner, but two months after getting suspended... He gets a second lease on life, and you're back to shooting videos with a gun? Come on, man. This guy does not have his priorities straight. This guy is facing a serious suspension by the NBA now. Okay? What's it going to be? 25 games? Half of a season? Maybe a full season? I would be totally fine with that. And bigger picture here, if you're Memphis, I don't care about his talent. I don't care. And neither should you. Neither should general managers or presidents. Get rid of this guy. You don't need him on your team. You don't want him on your team. You don't want problems. You don't want drama. You don't want guys like him and James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving. You don't need that kind of drama. You don't need those headaches. Forget about these guys. Forget about them. Then they can help you win. Forget it. None of these guys are worth having on your team. And the bottom line is, none of those guys I mentioned have won a darn thing. Kyrie got her. Kyrie, get a ring. LeBron, huh? All these other clowns, what do they get? They got nothing. What? You know what they don't have? What do they don't have? They don't have boys. Yeah, boy! <laughs> the NBA draft lottery is tonight. All right. Oh, my goodness gracious. And the media people, especially ESPN media people, are all giddy about it. They're giddy. They're all excited. Well, I guess ESPN, they want you to be giddy because they're going to show it on your network. I never understood this. All right. Because we're all excited about the number one overall pick. And that number one overall pick this year is Victor Wimbayama. Now, people are going, who? Well, Victor Wenbayama is the next coming of LeBron. He's a 19-year-old Frenchman. 
And he's been playing in the French League the last couple of years. This guy's a tremendous talent. But everyone is getting all excited tonight about the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. And ESPN is saying their, their acres are going, we're so excited for this. This kills me. All right. The whole process just really kills me. The Pistons, the Spurs, and the Rockets have a 14% chance of getting the top pick, the number one overall pick. All right. But what is worse is the hype that they are giving this 19-year-old kid who nobody has seen play with their own eyes, unless you go to YouTube or something like that, all right? He's been playing in the French League, so let's not get too excited. I'm not saying this guy isn't going to be a great player. I'm not saying he's not going to be a superstar, but now we're seeing videos going back 20 years about LeBron, and we're comparing him to LeBron, comparing him to Giannis, okay? This is ridiculous. And ESPN is just hyping up their own thing. They're hyping up. They're all giddy about this. Oh, I'm so excited. What's there to be excited about sitting around in a quiet studio watching ping pong balls? Explain that to me. Drives me crazy. All right? Now, I want to talk to you about the process of this nonsense. All right? The process. Remember when Zion Williamson, you know, Went number one overall to the New Orleans Pelicans. All right. They had the seventh worst record and they jumped to the number one pick. And then people said, well, you know what? Now we got to change things because this process isn't right. Let me explain the NBA process to you and the recent changes that have taken place because of that. The top three teams with the worst records all have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick. The team with the worst record is also guaranteed a top five pick as well. But just because those three teams have the inside track on landing the top pick doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get it. Because, see, five teams with the worst records all have at least a 10% chance of landing the number one pick. Now, Chuck, are you writing this down? Because we got some math here, okay? You got this? All right. Come on, man. I don't like math. I know you don't, all right? So the top three teams got a 14% chance. The the other one's got 10% chance of leading the number one overall pick. That's nine of the 14 lottery teams have will also have at least a 20% chance of landing a pick from four in the top four of the lottery, which can create chaos. Do you understand anything I said? I don't understand anything I said. I don't expect you to understand anything I said. Numbchuck says F math. <laughs> I did. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Now, this is where the process really gets technical. There's more? Oh, there's more. Ping pong balls, numbered 1 through 14, are put inside the hopper. I love the hopper. Inside the popcorn hopper, in the machine, symbolizing the 14 lottery teams. Within those 14 balls, there's a possibility... Of 1,001 four-number combinations. Those combinations are then split up between the 14 lottery teams. To determine the number one overall pick, and individual ping, individual ping-pong balls are selected to create a four-number combination. The team that matches up with the combination chosen is then awarded the number one overall pick. That same process is then done again to determine picks two through four. You follow me? <laughs> of course you don't follow I, me. I gave up on you. 
I'm giving up on this because it makes no sense. So we've got to have a lottery to have a lottery to have some mathematician, some guy from MIT, try to figure out some science project, some beyond algebra geometry project, physics project. I have no idea. Nobody has any idea. They can say whatever they want. And people just nod their head and go, okay. Yeah. So once that process is completed, they determine the top four picks of the draft. The remaining spots, five for 14, is set in inverse order of their 2022-23 regular season record. And in other words, the teams with the worst remaining records pick higher than those who finished with better records. Why are we doing this? Why are they doing this? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Just go old school. Worst record gets the first pick. End of story. It's the way it used to be. For decades upon decades upon decades. Can't they just take the... I was going to say, take it and just flip it. And then there's your there's your draft order. There it is. Forget it. Last place team, first pick. Now, you think this cures tanking? Of course it doesn't cure tanking. We are still seeing teams tank every year. Heck, we just heard about it three, four weeks ago, right? It's all we heard about this season. Oh, forget about it. Yeah, teams are tanking. If someone wants to lose... Every game down the stretch, so be it. Let him lose. Who cares? Who really cares? There's no guarantee that the top pick is going to be the savior of this franchise. Heck, there's more bus than there are saviors at this point. And here's the funny thing. Those teams that we're talking about, the 14 that are invited to this lottery, what do you think the percentage of the Toronto Raptors getting the number one pick is? Toronto Raptors, I told you, the top three picks, right? 14% chance. Toronto Raptors, I'm picking a team. 10%. 1%. Do you know what the New Orleans Pelicans' percentage of getting the number one pick is? Half of that. Point. 0.5%. Is that even a percentage? Half a percent. Do the Aces have a chance of getting this pick? No. No, uh, I think anybody else in any other league has just as much a chance of getting a pick. Why are you invited to the party? Why are you being put in the hopper if you have a 1% chance because you have all these other ping pong balls and you've got a half a ping pong ball of the 1,001 that are in the hopper? They should just make it one thing and do one ping pong ball per team yeah. and just let it go. Doesn't matter... You could win the championship and be dr- pick number one. Yeah. Good luck watching the NBA lottery tonight. I can care less. It's ridiculous. And finally, let me leave you with this. Major League Baseball. Oh, this is a goodie. You know, we're talking about the pitch clock. We're talking about checking pitchers' gloves because it's so important right now. Let's look for rosin. Look for everything else. We're going to deliver a pitch on time. Yes. We're calling strikes on batters or refusing to get in the box and have eye contact with a pitcher with eight seconds remaining. Come on, give me a break. Well, how about this one? Umpires told Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Zach L. Eflin that he had to remove something in order to pitch. You know what he had to remove? I do because I saw the story and I love the story. You must remove your rubber Wedding band. It wasn't rubber. It was silicone. Rubber wedding band. It's, it's a silicone rubber. Whatever! 
care. It's a wedding band. I don't care if it's made out of sterling, silver, black gold diamonds, if there's such a thing. Remove your ring, a rubber wedding band, or else you're ejected. Hmm. He had to take it off, took off the band, which, by the way, is on his left hand. Think about this. All right? Left hand. Do you know that Zach Elfin is a right-handed pitcher? Therefore, what hand is his glove on? You yeah. got a 50-50 shot on, of getting on, this right hand, Chuck. He, he, he's left-handed. He's no, a, no, he, he's right-handed. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's a right-handed So the that glove, means the glove is on the so left, left hand. left hand, and his wedding band is on? The left hand. That's right. So... So how does this affect anything? It doesn't. It just. ML- how does it affect it? It's MLB. Being oh, dumb. you got to take it off. But it's on my glove hand. You can't see it. It's not affecting the hitter that's sixty feet six inches away. <sighs> so Zach Elfin has a message for the umpires. He says, "I'm not taking it off next time. I'm not doing it." The quote is, "Make me." Well, let's take a wild guess. When do you think Zach Eflin's next start is? Is it tonight? It is tonight. Oh, thank God. We got some must-see TV. It's the Tampa Bay Rays taking on the Baltimore Orioles. I can hardly wait to see this because Zach Eflin says, F you. You're going to make me take it off? I'm not taking it off. Ejection coming? This. I'm going I'm to go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you think you think ejection? Now, if he's he's saying all he's saying all these things that he's not budging. The first check, guess what? They're gonna, they're going to see that and be like, gone. And if he says no, they're going to give him a warning. They're going to say, okay, go take it off. Is that? And gonna- he'll say no, and then they'll toss him. There instantly. it is, plain and simple. But is he really going to get tossed? And then at what point does this get better? Because if he says he's not taking off tonight, well, that means he's not taking off next week or his next start or his next start. That means what's going to happen here? He never pitches again in the majors. <sighs> then at what point do you say, okay, Zach, just forget it. Just take off the wedding band. Take it off. Who cares? I think now it's principle. Now it's principle. Now it's principle. How him. much is he going to stay on this principle? That's what I want to know. And for how long? How long will he stay master of his domain? Yes. I don't know. I mean, didn't take the cast of Seinfeld very long. He bailed out. Those are our terrible Tuesday takes. We will continue with this tomorrow to see if Zach Eflin takes off his wedding band. You got some terrible Tuesday takes. Hit me at TC Martin 21 on Twitter.